your life is meant to be your life and what's meant for you will come to you. I look at it almost like I have this writing because I'm writing a book right now. It's in one of the chapters. You look at it almost like a fast food drive through It's I don't know if you've ever been to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A. Hopefully you haven't. But if you have, <laughs> you know that there's options in different lanes to get in. And sometimes people stress like, am I supposed to be in this lane? Am I supposed to be in that lane? Where am I supposed to be? But at the end, you end up in the same place. You, you still get what you ordered. You still receive what you put out there. And I feel like our lives are really geared the same way. It doesn't mean that you can't take a right or a left or have more control. I just think depending on your strengths, your purpose, your passions and life, our life is most likely going to be pulled in a, in a certain direction. Anyway, we probably need to stop stressing on every right and left turn that we take along the way, which again, is easier said than done. But understanding that the end result is meant for you. It's a lot easier to let go of the little things. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main F's in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledine, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage-ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right. I'm going to show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. I had to come on here and separately edify this incredible, incredible woman today because There's no one like Becky out there. And so today, as I introduce you to someone so special to me, Becky Burcell, I wanted to share a little bit about her. You know, she is a business coach, an entrepreneur that, you know, she's a podcast, but she is responsible for over 1 billion in sales during the last decade. You know, she has built and managed teams of over 500,000 representatives. Um, You know, she is what I consider the epitome of leadership. And and so it's going to be no surprise that she has been mentored by no one else than John C. Maxwell. And I consider her the mini version of John Maxwell. And she is the person that connected me with him. And as I got to know John, I realized even more how special Becky is because she's so humble and that I had no idea she was so incredibly successful. I would say that, you know, her passion is, you know, I see it in her. She recognizes greatness in others. You know, she is always building me up and showing and spotlighting things that I don't even see myself. So I am so excited for today's conversation. And this will not be the last time we kind of just threw this one together because I I was extremely nervous and I wanted to just share her with you. So I hope you go and follow her today, but mark my words, we are going to be doing something together in the near future. So I'm very excited to introduce her to you. 
Okay. So I always do my edifying before someone comes on because I like to do that separately and give all the big brags. But I will say, I am so excited to have you on here today, Becky, because this is, I mean, I don't get nervous as much anymore. There's a handful of people I can think of, but I am nervous today because I know that you just bring so much and add so much value. And I just really appreciate you coming on. So thank you for coming on. Oh, you are so sweet. I'm excited to to do this with you. Honestly, just to even have some FaceTime with you, I'm excited about just to get to spend more time together. So really, really cool that the way that I, I met you through a friend, and I will say she's been such a connector because she has been able to see certain people that I've needed to connect with. And last year, we ended up on a phone conversation, a long one. I remember I was outside pacing, you know, talking with you and uh, it was such therapy for me. And it was totally not related even to where we're initially going to go on this conversation, but, you know, now coming full circle and you introducing me to John C. Maxwell, I realized that your gift is exactly his gift in that you try to find things in people and add the value. So for those of you listening, and I know if you followed along, I did a whole episode on me meeting John Maxwell for the, the first time. And I mentioned you in there and how, you know, you, oh. didn't, you didn't need to do that for me. And it was so incredible that one, I mean, you not only did you reach out to me, but you reached out to him and, and made this connection. <laughs> you are so humble because I had no idea, like even the relationship you had with him. And then I got there that day and here I am at the front row. And then I'm like, I'm having lunch with John. And I'm like, okay, who is this Becky after all? Because she is not... <laughs> You played it down. So, I mean, I want to get into even how you, you know, connected with him, but you know, who is Becky? How, how long have you been? I mean, cause I consider you an incredible leader and I know we're going to get into leadership. Um, did this, you know, have you always had this gift? Is this something that you've worked at? You know, tell me through your story. Like, you know, how did you end up here where you've been traveling the world, really the world with John, um, and, and you are a Forbes, you know, on their council, you're a podcast, you're a speaker. How did you get here? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a backstory there. I think we all have one. Um, I, I I mean, I, my background is a stay at home mom and I think my gift is that I love people. And that really is, I love the energy. I love the collaborations. I just love giving up my time. I just, I feed off of other people and it really is fuel for my soul. And I figured that out at a very young age. Um, But I kind of fell into sales and network marketing and I found that I was good at it mainly because I loved people and I, I loved networking and I loved growing from other people's stories. And then I found out I loved sharing other people's stories and that served me very well in, in that industry. Um, a few years ago, probably about 12 years ago, I was working with a company and um, building an organization and teaching them how to build a, an organization and train their sales force. And they had kind of brought me on to create a whole new marketing plan. And the company was in 60 countries and we had over half a million distributors, you know, selling the products worldwide. And they weren't focused a lot on leadership. 
And as we know, I, it's one thing to build a business that usually has a lifespan, but when you build people, there is no lifespan. And that's something that duplicates and grows and is organic. And um, people can actually reach potentials and they keep pushing that lid off and growth is just so fun to watch and be a part of, but they hadn't really invested in that. So I was talking with my marketing director and I said, all right, well, if we're going to bring somebody on that knows something about leadership, why don't we just find the best leadership expert in the world? Like, let's not mess around with this. And so we reached out to John's team and it took a couple years, almost two years to really get, they kept saying, no, we only really do this with full companies, not really organizations. And uh, we were just very, very persistent to the point where he was curious, like, who is this woman? And why is she so determined to make this happen? And uh, I, I love John actually says now the best way to describe Becky is she will show up at the gates of hell with a water pistol ready to go. And <laughs> that's a really great way to describe me once once I get my mind set on something, I want to make it happen. And I think there's always a way to make it happen. It might not happen right away. It might not happen on my timeline, but I feel like there's always a way to make it happen. And if I have to be the first one to be the prover of what's possible, I love that kind of challenge. And I love being around people uh, like Amy who have that same mentality. We just, uh, people will turn to Amy and say, how did you do this? And how did you get it done? And her response is, I don't know. I just got up every day and I did it. And there's not really a plan. It's just that persistence and resilience and relentlessness that, that's in you. So finally he responded and we got on the phone together and he decided, Hey, this is not really what I had intended, but yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's break the mold. Let's see where it goes. And it ended up being a really great partnership. And we did a lot of collaborating in the sales field. And then he asked me to work on some projects. And we've just kind of built a really great relationship um, throughout the years. And then there were moments where he just called and said, I, I want you at this golf tournament with us. And I want you to come to this pastor conference. And, you know, I'd show up without any reason or, or rhyme of why I was there. And uh, it wouldn't occur to me till afterwards why I was there. But I remember a distinct moment. I'm sitting in a, a pastor conference in Alabama with 6,000 pastors and thinking, what am I doing here? But uh, somebody says, you know, they, they look at a team that's with John and someone's his CEO and someone's his uh, writing curator. And they kind of look at me, you know, what do you do for John? I said, well, at this point, I think I'm just his professional stalker. I'm not quite sure what I do for him. But he kept saying, at some point, we are going to find there, there's going to be a way for us to work more closely together. There's a reason God brought you into my life. And it's really hard to say no to someone who has that kind of um, direction for you in their life as well. And, and it has turned into that. So now we are working on quite a few exciting projects together. Um, the most recent is a project called Change Your World. And with the release of his book, um, I think some people see the book and they think it's just a book. It's not. It's definitely a movement. And the concept re and, and our mission is to put values back into not just people's lives, but to almost um, become an armor or uh, even it sounds weird, but almost weaponize people with values to go out and, and do great things, create this, this volunteer army where they can not only have control over their own world, but then of course, go out and change their world, their community, 
Uh, and of course, we know a tribe of people willing to do that really will change the entire world. And I can't think of a better time than every everything that not only we're going through, but everything we realize. This is not the foundation we wanted to build our children's lives on, our own lives on. And so as painful as it has been, it's kind of a recognition that we had to get rid of that foundation. We we had to recognize it was not right. We had to recognize it was not stable. We had to go through a lot of change. I think we're still going through that. And now it's kind of grabbing onto the right people willing to change and build that foundation. So whether it's in the business world or it's in the uh, religious world or it's in the athletic world, we, we have all these different spheres of influence. And we're trying to teach people that through your strengths, and your sphere of influence, how to change your world. Oh, I love it. And I, I think this is his greatest book. Like I, I know he has so many books and I think so some people do think, oh, it's just another book, but the moment you pick it up and I've listened mm-hmm. to it on Audible too, because I love that John, he has such a soothing voice. So it's always like the double win of, of listening to it is, I mean, I got chills because I knew that this was, this is his legacy and it means so much to yeah. him. And it just inspires you. I mean, from the moment he told the starfish story and how it was like, you know, you saw this, this coast of this, this beach had all these washed up starfish and, you know, the little kid was out there throwing them back in the ocean. And the person goes up to him and says, you're not even going to, I mean, really, you're not going to make a difference. There's so many here, but it was the point of, well, I just saved that one and I just saved that one. And I had such a moment because I tend to think small and I'm sure a lot of people that listen tend to think small, but then when you hear story after story, it just Mm -hmm. has power in putting this belief in that you can change the world, but also with the core values, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about this, like I, I didn't really have my own core values. I grew up having, you know, a, a set of religious values that were put upon me but I don't think I ever tested them myself to go, who am I? Like, who am I really? Right. And so I think that's where I went to a lot of the mistakes that I made in my, you know, thirties, having my affair to now fast forward, you know, the course that I teach, the very first thing that I make everyone do is create their core values. Because I'm like, listen, if you don't have something that are chasing and focused on, then you, you have no foundation. Like you just, you just don't. And mm-hmm. I didn't have those. And, you know, I remember listening to one of my business coaches. That was one of the first things he said that our brand needed. Like, he's like, your brand has to have more values so that as you bring people yeah. in, you, you see that you're able to, and it, it allows you actually to even see people that don't work with you. Like they may have all the skill sets and they may be in, you know, bring a lot of that stuff. But if they don't have the core values that you represent, you really do struggle to, I mean, I've seen it time and time again, we had a great opportunity a couple of years ago to work with someone that would have made us, you know, a lot of money together. But she, yeah, she made a comment and uh, made me realize that ethics were not really high on that core value. And immediately I was like, I'm so happy that I had this list of core values because now it's highlighted to me when it's not showing up. So, so talk to me about this mm-hmm. and, and what the book is doing, because it's very interactive. It's not, uh, it, it is, is very interactive. Yeah. And there's a couple of ways to really kind of get involved in this movement. I think the easiest way is when you go to 
changeyourworld.com website, you can actually take a values assessment test, which sounds funny because it, I mean, if you ask, everyone has a set of values. Um, sometimes we think they're based on things that they might not accurately be based on. It's kind of like when someone takes a personality test, um, usually they lie <laughs> in their own personality test. The best way to take a personality test is to actually have so like have someone else take it for you. And you, you almost get this better view of who you think you are versus who you're representing and who you're putting out there. Well, our values do the exact same thing. So taking this assessment, it's, a, it's an honest, clear way to really remind yourself and have a, a moment of self-awareness. Like maybe this is, maybe my focus has not been integrity the way I would have wanted it to be, or maybe it hasn't been valuing people. You know, we live in a very polarizing time right now where it's hard to value people that don't agree with everything we say, or they're not traveling down the same paths that we're traveling, or they don't have the same past or experience that we have. And we are all very, um, to the core, very similar in the fact that we gravitate towards people we can relate to. Yes. And the problem with that, I, you know, I, I've heard um, some of the, the best theologists speak. And, and one of them said something one time where he talked about change in our lives and change in the world. And uh, he said, you don't invoke change when the rooms that you walk into are filled with people that agree with you. You have to be willing to walk into a room full of people that don't have the same opinions, are not of the same faith, that don't believe the same things that you do. And through loving them and connecting with them, you're able to have conversations that invoke change and invoke a willingness to see someone from a different perspective so that you can connect. That's really what this movement is about, is finding a common connection with the rest of the world that allows us to move forward with the right values. Uh, and I think John says it best. He says, you know, if people lived higher values, we wouldn't have to live by laws. So true. Values would dictate our actions, our intentions, and, but we don't. We, we depend on institutions and laws and governments and schools and all these things that have let us down time and time again. And it's just a gentle reminder that those things need to begin with us. And we are trying to create the, the movement and the leaders that you and I would want to follow, let alone ask other people to follow. We, we have to become that person first um, in, in order to, to create that movement. So the values assessment test is a great way to start. Obviously, reading the book um, is a beautiful way to start. I, I was with John and his team on this book tour in a lot of different cities, and it was mind-blowing to have people. I mean, you and I have our own story of how John has affected our lives. And been a mentor from afar, and whether it was through a book or hearing him speak or a sermon. Um, but to hear people talk about how they came to this country as an immigrant, they were driving a cab in New York, they started reading John's books. Now they own a, a $500 million IT company, or people that say things like, I, I had just I thought football was it for me. I was playing professionally. I, I got injured. I had to leave. I didn't know where I was going to go from there. I started reading John's books. Now I have my own team and I have one of the largest mortgage companies on the East Coast. And just to, just to hear people figure out how to govern themselves through these stories, through these principles, and 
again, wherever your faith is it, religiously, it doesn't even matter because these are these are universal values and universal principles. And again, trying to connect people from that foundation, I think, is the only way that we're really going to make the impact that we're all craving right now in the world. Totally. And, you know, I think that's something I'm sure that John has taught you and myself is that we, it can't happen in our own little circle. And, and I say circle, mm-hmm. meaning like, you know, you and I yeah. in that same type of religion that you really stay with your own yeah. mind, right? And yeah. I had lunch with John and he talked about like even just his leadership, you know, certification, how most of those people are not say Christian, you know, and he's like, because it's not about that. Yeah. It's about being a good human. Because if we were all good humans, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have to worry about this the fighting amongst everyone because your core values would supersede that, right? Yeah. And yeah. Then- and every every religion, every culture, um, even humanism, atheism, all the all the isms, we we every ism has a core belief in how you treat other people. Uh, whether whether it's a golden rule, whether it's through the Quran, whether it's there, there is a expectation of how you treat other people, and so whatever you want to call or whatever label you slap on it, um, there is a a a core um, aspect that we all resonate with, with wanting to connect with each other, understand each other, belong, be loved. We all want those same things. Totally. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I definitely crave that. And, you know, I, I think when we remember that we all, I always say it's like, we're our seven-year-old self, that we're all truly at the yeah. end of the day, that's what we're looking for. And if we could kind of strip away some of the stuff that's maybe, you know, been glued onto us over the years mm-hmm. by ourselves, by our parents, it would make a big difference. So that takes me into another area then. So you know, you and I grew up in, in um, similar religion. And uh, when I follow you and, and speak to you, I'm just so I, I'm in awe because I know that you're a few steps ahead of me and that I'm, I am I still sometimes get under the uh, re- rules and regulation of, you know, just the, the fundamental part of it. I mean, even just this last week, you know, I text you and I'm like, why is this triggering me? You know, because I... Yeah. I'm I'm really, you know, on a mission to have just the purest of all pure um, relationships with God. And, um, you know, sometimes things, you know, trigger me and get in the way of that. What would you say? And I listened to your podcast. You had such a great podcast, which I do want to actually link because I know there's a lot of people that <laughs> follow me that will want to hear that one where you, you talked about that and, and you, you know, you really summed up a lot of this as to why people struggle on the other side. Why do we have, you know, when you live in a place where I consider it kind of the heart beat of, unfortunately, a lot of unworthiness and, uh, yeah. you know, why, where do you think that comes from? Well, I think there is um, a cultural aspect to every religion as well. So, you know, if you understand, it's it's interesting because I had someone actually refer to religion as a cult, and it, it has it is something that has morphed into a, a cultural term. I mean, today we we think of a cult, we think of 
you know, David Koresh and Jim Jones. And, you know, we, we think, I mean, even the, the most recent with the Daybells in Idaho of, uh, of all things, but um, we, we think extremes, but if you think of a, a theological explanation of a cult it, from a theologist standpoint, it's a layering aspect that man l- adds on to the foundation of Christianity. I mean, our, our timelines are attached to, you know, the, the birth and resurrection of Christ, our, our, our worlds, our ethnicities, our religions, like every, everything kind of centers around those things. And so as man, we, we are arrogant and we love to add on to things. And as, as simple as Christ tried to make it for us, we just have this arrogance that we, we need to be more elite. We need to do more. We need to add more. And so for, for you and I, we come from this background in the, the Mormon culture, growing up in the Mormon culture of a very almost Old Testament rituals with temples and ordinances and, you know, restrictions on what you can eat and drink and all of these other things as, as if the acts that you're doing are progressing you closer to God, which also unfortunately makes people feel like I'm more important than someone who doesn't have these things because I have a better relationship with God. It's kind of, you know, some of the things you were talking about the other day where they're very ritualistic and that's, uh, I, I, I can finally step back and say, if that's what makes you feel closer to God, then then that's great. Those are your things. But when it becomes a requirement, that's where you and I get triggered, where you, it's almost like you're, you're taught you can't be close to God if you're not doing these things. And so um, I, I don't believe, again, these are my beliefs. I don't believe that those are things um, of a pure nature. I think those are things within us that are more ego centered and, um, again, we love to complicate things. Man's really good at messing a lot of things up and religion has definitely been at the top of that list for many, many years. Oh, I, and I love that you, I mean, you had such a great response to me that day. And what's really cool is, you know, John, I had asked him the same question and he came mm-hmm. back with very similar in that, you know, Amy, um, you know, people tend to, you know, I, I personally don't practice in that. And but there are people I know and, you know, I respect them, but I don't see that as the thing yeah. you need to have to be closer. And I think when you grow up in yeah. religion that there's kind of steps, even pedestaling of leadership and stuff, it's it's hard to break away yes. from that and you know, see your importance without the do. And I see so many women that struggle with thinking that they need to do, do, do. And it's not just who they are. I mean, it wasn't until maybe three years ago that I finally had the epiphany that, oh my gosh, God just loves me. Like he just loves me, you know? And Mm -hmm. I, I think back to like the younger me and I'm like, I'm so sad because you were chasing so much of this, like do and hoping that yeah. I would, you know, then get the favor. Right. When really the favors are yeah. right. It's not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. And it's, I had a pastor once tell me this statement and it made, it, it really clarified things for me. He said, you know, think of your relationship with God and then this idea that you somehow have to earn more love from him. Imagine if you came home one day from work and your child is, had literally spent the whole day cleaning the house and, and just 
you know, making this huge effort and they're sitting on your bed and you come to them and you say, that was so kind of you, but what made you feel like you had to clean the whole house? And they look at you and they said, well, I just want you to love me more. I just, I just want you to love me more. And so I just, I need to do more in order for you to love me more. I mean, it would break your heart to think, have I not communicated to my child that out of just pure love and grace and who you are, there's nothing you can do to make me love you more or less. It is just a natural thing, you know, within us. And, and so it, it's very easy for us to lose sight of that uh, because again, we, we want to put labels on who God is or what he would do, or he wouldn't act this way, or he wouldn't do this. Or you, we hear this all the time. Well, I don't believe God would treat people that way. I don't believe God would do that, which if you think about it, it's probably one of the most arrogant things to say because you, you don't, you're speaking for God, basically. Like you, you're, you're trying to get in his head now, instead of just saying, you know what, I, I am just going to do whatever I can to have a good relationship with God in my life. And that's really where I am at. So for people that, uh, including my own family who are, are very, um, you know, involved in the Mormon church still, and have a hard time with us leaving that faith. Um, I think the best way for me to comfort them is to let them know that I have never felt closer to God in my life. My relationship with God is so much better, uh, mainly because I lean on him so much more. I go to him more. I understand our relationship better, but I also made the intentional decision to remove man between me and God. As amazing as that sounds, it's also incredibly stressful for someone who grew up in a very organized religion because things are decided for you. I mean, from who you to marry, to when you marry, to education things, to if you're a woman, if you're supposed to work, if you're not supposed to work, like these, these things are, are really laid out for you in a, in a system and then who you're supposed to be accountable to. And there's, um, there's a lot of people between you and God uh, in that, in that course and, and in that system. And so for me, I had to make a conscious choice to remove myself from it and to make the effort myself. And it has been an ongoing journey. Now, the flip side of that is the anxiety that comes from thinking, oh crap, now I'm in charge of my life. <laughs> now I have to decide and then I have to live with the repercussions of the right choices or the, the wrong choices or good or bad. Or, and I finally decided there's not really a bad choice. I feel like your life is meant to be your life and what's meant for you will come to you. And I look at it almost like, and I, I have this writing because I'm writing a book right now. It's in one of the chapters, but you look at it almost like a fast food drive-in uh, and a drive-through. It's, I don't know if you've ever been to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A. Hopefully you haven't, but if you have, <laughs> you know that there's options in different lanes to get in. And sometimes people stress like, am I supposed to be in this lane? Am I supposed to be in that lane? Where am I supposed to be? But at the end, you end up in the same place. You, you still get what you ordered. You still receive what you put out there. And I feel like our lives are, are really geared the same way. It doesn't mean that you can't take a right or a left or have more control. I just think be, depending on your strengths, your purpose, your, your passions in life, our life is most likely going to be pulled in a, in a certain direction anyway. We probably need to stop stressing on every right and left turn that we take along the way, which again is easier said than done. But understanding that the end result is meant for you, it's a lot easier to, to let go of, of the little things. But that is 
so freeing for someone like me that I'm, I'm, I would still, if I'm being completely honest and vulnerable, I still struggle with the worthiness. I yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still in the struggle working on it. And so hearing things like that, it makes me feel better because I, yeah. you know, I don't want to live in that regret because I know the unforgiveness of myself. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I've talked about this with my adoption and with, you know, I, I struggle with that. And then that can cause me to not believe in myself, which then doesn't make me chase my dreams and goals. Like I see all of it come down. Right. And so I think anyone listening right now that is struggling with that, it's like accepting, it's like acceptance of where you are and the decisions. Like I was, yes, you know, when you set up that lunch and I was like, I do not want him to ask me about my past because like, I, you know, I'm like, Mm-hmm. I tell him about the affair. That's one thing, man. I also got pregnant in high school. That's another thing. And I, I, you know, it's one of those, and he was, I mean, he was incredible because he's just John. Right. But and he doesn't care. He doesn't. And <laughs> it did he make, doesn't. You know, afterwards, you know, realize like I, I you know, and, and trust me, it's a practice. I have to say it. It's like why I say to you, I'll have five steps forward. And then I might have, you know, a step back, but it is accepting like I am where I am. And it is what it is. And I mean, now I need to see what I can do with that, right? Yeah. In some of the coaching I do, especially with women, um, I make them immediately write a list of the five people in their life they would never let down. Like, and if you think about it, 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 it shouldn't even be something you have to write down. Like, I'm sure names immediately flood. You know, the people that you would, you want to impress, you want them to think the best of you. You would never break a promise to them. And when I ask them and they, they write all those names down, uh, the epiphany moment is when I say, okay, how many of you wrote your own name down? And people are like, I mean, no one does. No one does. So here's the problem with doing that. We, we set an example. And, and if you have children, you'll, this will resonate. We set an example of losing ourselves in the service of other people that I hate that term probably more than any term out there. I love serving people, but the, the, the concept is to not lose yourself. The, the concept is to be so honoring of yourself and in a still respectful, humble way. That doesn't mean you're taking away from anybody else's light. It just means you don't break promises to yourself either. You don't let yourself down. You don't put, you would never put the weight you put on yourself on your, your daughter but we tend to do that to ourselves. So it's not that you lift yourself above anyone else, but you also don't cut yourself short and, and devalue yourself because all we're doing is setting the example for now our children to go do that same thing for, for our children to lose themselves in the service of someone else. And, and that's not what we want. We want them to find themselves in the process of connecting with other people and serving. It's just most of us learn more about other people when we serve them. And so I wish we were better at defining those things, but recognizing that we are a key component in our own worlds, which sometimes we lose sight of. It's very easy too, because we are the problem solvers or we're, we're trying to help other people recognize their own potential. Um, when I have women that have guilt for working a lot or building a business a lot and thinking, well, I, I don't get to spend as much time with my children as I want to. And I said, well, let me give you a different perspective. Cause I know a lot of moms that I, you know, we call them the helicopter moms today that spend so much time with their kids 
that these kids have so much anxiety now that they don't know how to solve their own problems. They don't know how to cope. They don't know how to, you know, um, go out there and, and make things happen. So I tell people, choose your guilt. Yes. Be- and, and when you choose that guilt, make sure that it's a reflection of what you would choose for your own children as well. Meaning, would you rather them uh, chase their dreams and accomplish those things and still feel like, I when I wish I could have spent more time with my children, but I also set the example for them to go out and do those things for themselves. And you give them permission to do those things at the same time. And I'm I'm not saying you won't have moments you're off balance and you need a reality check. We all do. That's what having good people around us does. But at every moment, choose your guilt because I, I don't know that it ever goes away. You just learn how to manage it better and you start to see the value in in the actions that you're taking because of the result that it's bringing into your life. That's so powerful because it is, it's a, it's a hard, it's a, you know, you can't really, you don't always have an imbalance and I'm the same way where I'll have moments that I'll feel guilty, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm actually showing my kids too, though. I'm chasing my dreams. And I, you know, you made a really good point. What would you want them to do? And when you do flip yeah. it away, it's much easier to make that decision because Hands down, I would be telling my kids, do what you love and I want you to chase what you yes. feel called to do versus, you know, what you think you should be doing. So talk to me about some of your coaches. Yeah. Like, who is the person that can work with you? How do they find, how, how, do, how do people get more of Becky? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously a lot of it is on, on the podcast. If you go to um, greatestversionofyou.com, you can find the podcasts, you can find a lot of the, the blogs and lessons, trainings. Um, most of the coaching I do are usually with organizations and teams. So whether that's, I mean, one of, one of my clients is a, a they own a, a home healthcare service and, and franchisees that we do a lot of training with. Um, we do them with mortgage brokers, with network marketing teams, but then there are a few individuals. Um, I only have about eight that I work with right now. And I told myself I would never do it with more than 10, mainly because I don't think that you can truly make an impact or mentor people without spending time with them. And so to really help people transition and transform in their life, um, you've got to be willing to invest the time. And, and so there, there, there are a few uh, and, and opportunities still to do that. Um, but it, it's definitely for someone who's already in that leadership journey. It's not for someone that is just starting that journey. It's not my strength. Uh, and I will be very transparent with, uh, with everyone is because I don't have the patience for that, actually, um, because I want to grow by helping other people grow as well. And because I'm at a place where, you know, there are different levels of leadership, I want to make the greatest impact that I can. And that's for people that are already in that leadership role, but they're trying to reach that next level. They're trying to make a greater impact. You know, they've, they understand success. Now they're craving significance in their life. And there's not a lot of people teaching how to find significance in their life. Everybody wants to have a purpose. Everybody wants to have something greater. Um, I just don't think they know how to recognize those, those things when they come into their lives. Oh, that's powerful. I, I already know, like you have to be on my radar because everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, 
Uh-huh. That's me. Yes. <laughs> well, Becky, I'm so thankful for you. And um, anyone, you know, listening needs to go follow her and go read her blogs, listen to the podcast because you give everything away. That's another thing that I really do love about you. And yeah. everything that you're teaching, it's not like it's a secret. You're like, this is what you need to do. Um, and it's no surprise because I know John is the exact same way, you know, it's like add the value, add mm. the value. It comes back in, in so many other ways. I hope someday I can repay you for just, you know, all the wonderful advice that you've given me and just the comfort and the belief. And uh, you just always come with such great wisdom that, you know, I'm I'm so thankful. So thank you. Thank you for being on here today. Oh, you're already doing all of that, Amy. I mean, the impact that you're having on so many lives and just, again, the energy and the joy. You are that person that people just can't get enough of because they, they, they want to know what you know. They want to have the understanding that you have. And again, you're so willing to share it as well. It's, uh, it, it is definitely an addictive part of what we do. And, and the best part is just be playing any little part and watching other people achieve their goals. It is uh, hands down one of the best feelings out there. Uh, well, I know we will be doing something together, whether it's you and I doing it or John having us do something together. I just, have yes, <laughs> I, I know at some point it will be. So, you know, if you are listening in, stay tuned for that, you know, at some point, because mm-hmm. I, I just know the way that the world works and how we've been connected. And I just, I, I want to be around you more. So thank you for being here. Oh, I feel the same way. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast. And it's less about that top 100 and more about, I wanna make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and and learn from all the mistakes that I've made along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media. Share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it you know, go give me a review, of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me, you know, I, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission. 